0: Welcome everyone to another Becker's Healthcare podcast. I am Raya Muhammad, she, her pronouns with Becker's Healthcare. I'm thrilled to have with me today, Dr. Angela Mund, the president of the American Association of Nurse Anesthesiology. Doctor, it's so nice to meet you. How are you today?
1: I'm good. Thank you for the opportunity to talk to Becker's um, about healthcare in general and in leadership.
0: Of course. Well, to begin, would you mind introducing yourself and telling us a bit about your background? Yeah, thank you so
1: much as I've been a nurse since 1990. I'm a graduate of the University of Minnesota School of Nursing where I received uh, my most recent degree as a doctor in nursing practice. Since that time, I also attended the Minneapolis Veterans Affairs Nurse Anesthesia Program in Minneapolis and became a nurse anesthetist in 1998. And I have to say my career in nursing has been incredibly fulfilling and it's provided me a lot of opportunities to meet a variety of people. And probably the most significant thing is it's provided me opportunities in leadership. Um, I'm also a veteran of the United States Army Reserves where I served as a certified registered nurse anesthetist. As far as my leadership opportunities is, I was lucky to have some great mentorship when I served as a CRNA at the Minneapolis VA and rose to the position as president of the Amer- of the association of veterans affairs nurse anesthetist where i had the opportunity to advance some of the really important causes related to veterans health care i've also had the opportunity to serve in faculty roles and i'm currently in academic leadership uh, as my professional position but as you as you said as i am the president of the american association of nurse anesthesiology and get the opportunity to do a lot of work in healthcare policy and advocacy. So again, um, it's just, it's been a privilege to be a nurse and to have the opportunities to serve in leadership positions.
0: Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much for that um, information about your background. And to begin with the real kind of first question that I wanted to ask you is what are the biggest issues you're following in healthcare headed into the new year?
1: So I think the two biggest issues in healthcare right now as we start 2023, the first one has to be healthcare workforce. And honing in on anesthesia workforce, I think it's going to be an issue for us across the board, whether we're in academic health centers, community hospitals, rural healthcare, or in the Veterans Affairs medical centers. One of the ways that we, I think, can improve the workforce is allowing all APRNs, advanced practice registered nurses, including nurse anesthetists, to work to the full extent of their education and training so that we can fill some of these gaps in workforce. Another part that I think will be important in dealing with challenges in workforce is ensuring that nursing really are full partners in transforming healthcare. In 2010, the Institute of Medicine even put that out there. We know that nurses are the largest percentage of our healthcare workforce, and working together with other stakeholders, I do believe that nursing and advanced practice nursing and nurse anesthetists can make a difference in workforce. One of the other things that we've looked at is uh, we're thinking ahead, um, and virus scanning is important in nurse anesthesia education, and we have increased our numbers of nurse anesthesia programs. And due to that, we've also increased the numbers of nurse anesthetists entering the workforce through our certification body. The workforce, um, number one issue. And I have conversations with my colleagues around the country that work in anesthesia staffing companies and lead staffing companies. and, And they will tell you that there are concerns out there related to that. The other issue is access to care. Um, I grew up in a very, very small town in northwestern Minnesota, and I can tell you that rural healthcare is important, and there are challenges there with recruiting qualified healthcare providers who want to live in those communities. And we know that nurse anesthetists are the primary providers of healthcare in our rural communities. And we know a lot of the challenges facing rural communities. Um, The opioid epidemic has hit them very, very hard. And what we know is cert, uh, certified registered nurse anesthetists have the ability to um, decrease the use of opioids in both acute and chronic pain through regional anesthesia. We know that nurse anesthetists already are in those communities and allowing them the full practice to serve those patients is important. We also know that nurse anesthetists are the primary providers of maternal health care. And we've had some challenges in our country, um, especially with equity in maternal health care, and getting nurse anesthetists out into those communities to take care of our vulnerable populations is gonna be a challenge I think in the upcoming year, but nurse anesthetists are ready and willing to meet that challenge. And finally, access to care in our Veterans Health Administration. Um, At the AANA, we have been working diligently to bring this to the forefront is we have 1100 CRNAs in the VA that if they're allowed to practice again to the full extent of their education and training, uh, we can ensure that our nation's veterans get the timely care that they deserve and that our country has told them when when they raise their hand that they will get that. And the reason why I think it's going to be even more important in the upcoming year is the passage of the PAC Act. And what that will do is we know that it's going to cause an influx of patients that are not eligible for care in the VA. And it's going to be important for the VA and our healthcare providers to be ready for that influx so that we can meet it head on and ensure that our veterans receive timely care.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for that in-depth answer. And the next thing that I wanted to ask you is, What are you most excited about right now? And also, what is making you nervous, whether that's a project you're working on or something that's happening in healthcare or something with your company?
1: Thank you for that question. And I'm going to start with the positive part of what I'm really excited about in nursing is that our movement to doctoral education and all CRNAs starting in 2025 have got to graduate with a doctoral degree in order to be eligible for our certification boards. And what we saw in nurse anesthesia education when we moved forward as innovators, uh, we're the only advanced practice group that requires the doctorate. What we recognized is in order to fulfill that mission of the IOM that nurses need to be full partners in transforming healthcare is that we need to ensure that nurses have those leadership abilities. So our doctoral programs have courses in healthcare policy, leadership, Um, informatics and the use of data, evidence-based practice. And what I have seen recently is nurses and nurse anesthetists using their doctoral education to move into obtaining leadership positions. They become very effective in the clinical arena as chief CRNAs. They have moved into administrative roles in large anesthesia management companies. They have become leaders and CEOs and presidents of anesthesia management companies. They've also moved into academic administration, demonstrating the abilities to combine all of the amazing skills of nursing with our leadership abilities. And and in my opinion, have really developed our academic programs into something that we can be very proud of. And very importantly, is we've seen more nurses, advanced practice registered nurses, and notably CRNAs moving into legislative positions. We have CRNAs now serving in state houses and in state senates where we again can bring that really powerful voice of uh, what Gallup will tell you is the most ethical profession and that's nursing. Uh, We can bring that voice to healthcare decisions that are being made in, in the state house And I'm hoping that we're going to see more of that moving into uh, federal legislative areas. Another thing I'm really excited about is, as an academic leader in nurse anesthesia education, the applicants to our programs are are amazing. And I think it's something that our healthcare system will will reap the benefit of for many years. They're coming in with amazing volunteer experiences These are ICU nurses that have lived through the worst of COVID, and the compassion and the challenges that they faced and their abilities to be flexible is going to be really important, moving advanced practice nursing into the future. Uh, The future is bright in nurse anesthesia education. The things I'm most nervous about, I believe, are things that most of our communities are worried about. A lot of it is volatility in the economy and the challenges that we're going to see again with access to care and how do we meet the needs of all of our healthcare populations in this country. We know that healthcare consumes about 20% of our GDP and it continues to rise, how are we going to manage healthcare costs. Uh, What I would say is one of our ways of managing healthcare costs is taking a look at alternative anesthesia delivery models where every provider practices to the full extent of their education and training, and everybody is out there, boots on the ground, taking care of patients every single day. And how we can also do that within these innovative models is create ways to deliver care that is not only cost effective, but also of the highest quality based on evidence-based practice and good research that is out there with our practitioners. Another thing I'm nervous about is decreases in reimbursement and the challenges that we're seeing uh, both in the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid, challenges with decreased reimbursement for anesthesia services, but also challenges in parity that we're seeing in the private payers that have discriminated, have discriminated against um, other advanced practice registered nurses that may cause some challenges within our workforce. What I will say uh, to bring that back to the positive is I don't think any of these things are not insurmountable. I think that if we work together as healthcare providers, we can deal with these challenges that are facing our healthcare community.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree with everything you said. And before I let you go, doctor, the last thing that I wanted to ask you is, What will the most effective healthcare leaders need in order to be successful in the next two to three years or so?
1: Yeah, that that really is a great question. And what I would say first is we all know that leaders need executive acumen 100%. We need to understand the challenges in economics and reimbursement. Uh, We need to understand um, human resources related issues. But I would say, more importantly, What effective leaders are going to need moving into the future, first, flexibility and an openness to pivot as healthcare changes. Uh, Anybody who's worked in healthcare in the last three or four years, uh, we never saw COVID coming. We never saw what we would have to do to change and pivot, and great leaders that came out of that pandemic were ones who had that ability to take that volatility and turn it into something that allowed us to do the right thing for our patients. So flexibility, the second most important thing is effective communication. And I'm not just talking about quantity of communication. I think quality of communication means even more than that. And how do we create an inclusive environment where everybody feels supported, where everybody feels that they have the ability to have an impact on healthcare, and that what they have to say is important. So inclusiveness in communication. And along with that communication, leaders need to demonstrate integrity, doing the right thing even when nobody is watching, is we have seen some of the challenges in the past. How do we create leaders that have the ability, again, um, integrity, um, integrity in everything that we do the other thing, the third thing I would say is resiliency for self and others. Is over the last few years, if we've learned one thing through the COVID pandemic and through the healthcare challenges that we have faced related to ensuring everybody has access to healthcare is that we need we need the ability to take care of ourselves. We know that healthcare has had a lot of challenges and those challenges then become issues for mental health for our healthcare providers. And with that, um, I'll I'll say with that resiliency becomes the importance of anybody in a leadership position to offer mentorship to others so that we can assist our colleagues in developing all of these skills. Yeah, I would say uh, flexibility, openness, communication, creating inclusiveness and integrity, and developing a sense of resiliency for self and others will be important for leaders moving into the next uh, decade, I think is going to be important.
0: Yes. Thank you so much for those final thoughts, doctor. That is all I had for you today. Um, so I want to say thank you so much for joining me. This has been an amazing discussion and I look forward to connecting with
1: you again soon. Great. Thank you for the opportunity. And um, again, it's it's been a privilege To serve our communities as a certified registered nurse anesthetist for the last 25 years, and thank you for your time.
0: Absolutely.